Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 54 on this feel-good Monday. That sounds good enough. On today's slate, we have reacting to Kevin Durant's comments on the 2017 Finals matchup being a perfectly even matchup, as he called it. An NBA Finals breakdown graph has the major advantage heading into Game 6, and it looks like he'll be spot on. We got... Team USA wanted role players and actually selected JaVale McGee over guys like Trey Young and Julius Randle. We got the WNBA's Candace Parker becomes the first woman to appear on a cover of any video game and of NBA 2K. We got Xavier Howard and the Dolphins have yet to work out a deal and he could be traded in the coming days. And a rumor, Tom Brady played a 2020 season on a fully torn MCL? That's crazy. But... That's all we got today, folks. And without further ado, let's dive on in. And we begin today's episode with Kevin Durant's comments. So pretty much on Instagram, if you guys didn't he- uh, you know, hear anyone who's listening who hasn't you know, kind of heard what's gone on, is that Kevin Durant um, responded to an Instagram post that said the Suns and Bucks finals was the best final since the 2016 finals between the Cavaliers and the Warriors, obviously the infamous one that went seven games. And Kevin Durant replied and said that the Warriors and Cavs in 2017, when Kyrie was still a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers, was a better finals, um, or was a better finals, I guess, than the Suns and Bucks he's implying. I'm assuming that that's what that means. So, and and that kind of, you know, lit... NBA Instagram of flames that comment section. A lot of people, you know, saying that KD has really no no sense of like what he did to the league, being a top two, top three player and joining a 73 win team, a team that pushed the Cavs seven games the previous season. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on this um, of Kevin Durant's comments and what he had to say. Well, that finals was just five games. And, you know, the Cavs really were at breaking point. They were down 3 0 and they won game four at home. Congrats. But that finals was nowhere near close to the one that we're seeing right now that has the potential to go seven games. It'll be obviously a minimum of six. But Kevin Durant is just a troll, honestly. Uh, He knows that what he did was, you know, detrimental to the league and everything. But he's just a troll at this point. You know, he likes to speak his feelings and talk online. And I understand that. I mean, he just feels like he wants to do it like every other normal person. And when someone's talking shit about him or, you know, saying things that he doesn't want to hear, he's going to reply and he's going to give you his thoughts. So I'm not surprised that someone like Kevin Durant replied about this, but he's completely wrong in this situation. The 2016 finals was definitely the most entertaining finals we've seen probably in the last decade. And this one might come close if we get that seventh game, but it's substantially already better than I think the 2017 NBA finals were. Yeah. I think Frank said it best. Kevin Durant knows what he's doing. He's just a troll. He knows that the series wasn't close. They ripped him to shreds. He knows what he did. He knows he knows everything that happened. He's aware of this stuff. Of course he's aware. He's just messing with people. And look how angry people get over it. People like people like rip their hair out over this. They get so fired up. Like, of course he knows. Like the guy's on Twitter all day. You think he doesn't know what people think about him? It's ridiculous to think otherwise. Yeah. But some, <laughs> I guess, hold the opinion that, you know, he maybe thinks that Kyrie, like, because remember, the Cavs still had Kyrie Irving. They had Kevin Love. They had LeBron James. They had a big three during this finals and the Warriors, you could argue that if you just take away Draymond Green and I know people don't like to do that, but they had a big three too. And some people just think that this finals was closer, you know, evenly matched than, you know, we think, even though I totally disagree because yeah. I remember at the time 
almost everyone had the, the Warriors winning in four or five games. And the odds for the Warriors to win that finals were minus 2,000. I mean, minus you gotta, 2,000 odds. You got to think about it. You kind of said it earlier, Ben. You have two of the top three players in the league, right, on your team being the Warriors. And you can honestly probably make a good argument that Draymond and Clay at that time were still top 25. So, you know, and then you look at a Cavs team, you have the best player at the time, LeBron, but Kyrie's, you know, top 10 and Kevin Love's probably top 25. So it, it, it really is unmatched. And then, you know, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. Well, they were Livingston and Iguodala were still there at that point. Right? Yeah, no, they were, yeah. they were yeah. still on the team. And, and then you got those two pieces, pieces coming off the bench uh, bench. So it's obviously unmatched, especially when you're going against a guy like Delvadova, who's on the other team's bench. I mean, it's, it's not even close. I mean, like you said, the odds, the, the predictions for series, everyone was pretty much spot on. And like I said earlier, they were down 3-0 and they won one game with their backs against the wall game four. The Warriors came back home and took care of business in game five. So it, it wasn't yeah, really It was close. not evenly matched. They know that. Everybody knows that. It's, it's, not, it's not a secret. Everybody knows the Warriors were a way better team and it showed. They won in five. Yeah, but um, I mean, they did win in five, but I want to get touch on the point that I Kevin Durant, I really don't know though if he's trolling guys. And of course I know you is. guys, but dude, wait a minute, Graf. I, I think that he because he like if you like followed his like Twitter past, and may, maybe he this is just like one ultimate troll and everything he said is a troll. But like it seems like he's of the opinion that like he's not this like great player because the Warriors and Cavs went seven games in 2016 without Kevin Durant. So joining him, how does that make an evenly matched? 2016 was evenly matched. Him joining that 2016, you know, finals, you know, rivalry doesn't make it evenly matched. It actually just tips the scale way too much towards the Warriors side. Like the fact that he thinks after he already joined an evenly matched series, that the Cavs and Warriors were already evenly matched before the 2017 finals in, in 2016. And replacing him with what Harrison Barnes? Well, he's just trying to defend himself. Also, that's probably a little bit of a factor. Of yeah, it. I mean, he's it's obviously he messing with people. I think it's pretty yeah, obvious I, based I on the way he responds to people. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. You tweet something bad about Kevin Durant, you might get a reply. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you should right, try. Now let's right? talk about the current final series. Uh, the Bucks now lead the series three to two, going back home for Game Six, which is obviously huge. Uh, the Bucks have won three straight games. And, you know, they seem to take in the momentum in the series. You know, the Suns seem to be collapsing. Chris Paul is not himself at this point. They've really been carried by Devin Booker. He's been keeping them in these games at this point. DeAndre Ayton seemed a little bit soft down low. Chris Middleton seems to score timely buckets. Drew Holiday has been fantastic on both ends. So, guys, all signs are leading towards the Bucks closing this out in game six. What do you guys think about it? And to me, I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns won, but I would put my money on it, you know, the Bucks for game six. Yeah, well, I'd like to hit on the fact that you said Aiton hasn't, like, he could look kind of soft. That's solely because Aiton is a product of Chris Paul, and Chris Paul hasn't been on his game. Um, you know, Chris Paul's numbers look solid in game five, but through the first three quarters, he was really horrible. He, he kind of mounted a comeback, but the whole reason they needed to come back was because he was so bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Aiton's a role player. Anybody who convinces themselves otherwise is just stupid. All of Aiton's shots are created by teammates. He's a, he's a great role player, but, you know, you see it time and time again. All of his shots are created. So if Chris Paul's off his game, Aiton's going to be off his game. And then for the Bucks, I mean, this is the first game I think I've ever seen where all three of their big three were, were on. And when, that, when that's the case, they're unstoppable. Nobody's nobody's touching the Bucks if all three of those guys are on. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you talked about how Aiton's a role player. And I agree. He was 
over, massively overrated this whole playoffs mm-hmm. when people said he was a top five center in the NBA. And even I always push back on that. You have Bam Adebayo, you have Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic too. Those Vucevic. are top five guys. I think that we could all consensusly agree. And Rudy Gobert, I think is, is still much better than DeAndre Ayton. There's probably six, seven centers that you can name that are better than DeAndre Ayton. And it's been the thing with Chris Paul. All of his big men are overrated. David West with New Orleans was overrated. He was he only made all-star teams with Chris Paul. Then DeAndre Jordan, extremely overrated. Yeah, and he was Jordan actually overpaid the, yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And then Clint Capella. And we, you know, the the kind of thing's still out on him. The jury's still out because he's playing good Trey Young too. But you know, usually the guys that Chris Paul plays with, the big men, get overrated. And DeAndre Ian was never never deserved to be in the top five center conversation, maybe top seven, eight, like the Clint Capella range for sure. Uh, fair enough. But top five, I, I never was on board with that. Yeah. Well, I don't know where you saw that, but whoever did that's got to no. be a casual. Well, remember after the nugget series, right? I actually saw it on a podcast. I like, so I don't want to call him out. I really don't want to call him out because they had the conversation of if DeAndre Ayton was a top five center and two of the three people on the podcast agreed that he was. So, I mean, that's ridiculous because the five centers you just listed all can create their own shot are all solid defenders with the exception of Cat, kind of. Um, And, you know, they they can all kind of do their own thing. Ayton is solely a product of the players around him. All of his shots are inside the paint, open layups, open dunks. Dunks. It's all pick and roll. And he's Mm -hmm. been soft. He's been soft defending the rim. He really has been soft defending the rim in this series. And, you know, that's got to play a factor as well. Giannis seems to be getting to the rim a little bit easier than he has in, you know, some of the other series, you know, in this playoffs. And I think that's got to be an issue or testament towards DeAndre Ayton, just soft Mm -hmm. protecting the rim. Well, absolutely. Because, you know, game five, they shot the three ball well. But games one through four, they didn't shoot well at all. All their points were coming in the paint. So they've absolutely had a – they've had some trouble with rim protection. And, yeah, Ayton's to blame for sure. Yeah. No doubt. All right, let's move on to Team USA now. We got some problems here. So over the weekend, they recently named JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson as the replacements for Beal and ja- or Beal and Kevin Love. Um, a lot of people were looking for Julius Randle, Trey Young. Some people were saying Zion, but I think there was like an injury there. Um, so basically what's going on is Team USA is saying they wanted role players instead of actual star players. Um, it just seems kind of weird to prefer to have a guy like Keldon Johnson on the team over a guy like Randall who averaged 25 points per game in the NBA. Um, so the question here is like, why is team USA doing this? How are they benefiting from adding a guy like Keldon Johnson? Who's really hardly even a rotation player in the NBA at this point, how are they yeah. benefiting from this and why are they doing it? Yeah. Well, I actually saw something that, you know, team USA wanted a shot blocking presence and that's why they picked JaVale McGee over Julius Randall and Trey young. And I get that, but the Kelvin uh, Johnson one blows my mind. Yeah, and the Kelvin, and so I'll talk about that first. He's right on the Spurs, and that's kind of the whole Popovich thing. But even then, that is ridiculous if you want to make the argument because we had the conversation about if Trey Young was too young for Team USA a couple, you know, uh, just last podcast, and clearly not because Kelvin Johnson's what twenty one years old. He's tw- he's only twenty one years old. I don't care how good he's playing at practice. If you have the opportunity to bring in an All Star like Julius or Trey Young, you do it. You a hundred percent do it. Even the JaVale McGee one makes no sense to me because what he's 38 years old. He's unagile. He's, he's so unathletic. He's past his prime. What do you mean? He's a shot blocking presence. The dude can't jump anymore. I mean, 
I don't understand the whole thing about he's a shot blocking presence. Julius Randle at this stage of their careers probably is a better shot blocker than JaVale McGee is. And I yeah, but I get where they're coming from. They just wanted a seven footer and they don't really have many options. But they have Bam um, out of bio and, and, and yeah, but, Draymond. But what about Christian Wood? Supposedly. I would much rather have I would Christian rather Wood. have Wood and Christian I would rather Wood. have Randall. But I'm just saying like, at the very least, the JaVale McGee selection kind of makes sense. Like Keldon Johnson doesn't even fill a need. This is the problem with two, Team USA. Superstars can work it out together. They don't need role players. These superstars will take backseat roles. You've seen it with all these Olympic teams in the past. Why would you not pick the best 12 available players to fill out this roster and then figure it out? You know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win gold. And it'd be good and it'd be like a kind of like an FU in their face because of the team that they selected because this is blasphemous. This is a joke. You selected Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee to represent the United States in the Olympics when we have guys like Trey Young, Zion, Julius Randle sitting home. This is a joke. This is – whoever is picking this team, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, Jerry Colangelo, they've done an awful job. They've it was, done a, it, it was it, horribly it's, it's assembled. Disgraceful. I mean, if you look at the team, they have one point guard in Lillard. That'll change when Holiday gets there. So they'll have two point guards. And they only have one traditional center, really, in – at a bio, I guess JaVale McGee kind of. So it's really just a bunch of like twos and threes that just shoot and none of them really pass, none of them really defend. But, and you it's, know, the, it's, pro- the problem is like, look at all these other foreign teams. They all have seven footers. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't, we don't have like centers of like Jokic, obviously he's not from here. And B, uh, I also. And Kat isn't him. either. He's Dominican Republic. Yeah, Carl and Kat can't times. play for us. Yeah, so Aiden neither, Vucevic. Neither can Vucevic. You'd have to so be like, looking at guys like DeAndre Jordan or. You, but Christian honestly, Wood, I feel like would be fine. I, 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 I see think people Christian, Christian Wood or even like Evan Mobley. Like, what's wrong with going the college route? I don't care. Yeah. Hey, listen, Mobley's a seven footer. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll come in the league. I think he could be a top ten center right away. So why not? I mean, it's better than what they have right now. They're gonna get smoked if they're running Draymond Green at the five with all these other bigs. And you know what? Maybe Team USA needs a change of guard. And the change with the coaching and the selection staff, because what they've done right now should be talked about more because this is a disgrace of a roster that they put together. I understand that they'll still probably win gold because of all the superstar talent that they have. But why would you not have your best 12 players there? It just doesn't make any sense. If Trey Young wanted to play for the Olympic team, he should be getting the call. Yeah, I agree. But I think a lot of their problems will go away when Booker and then Middleton and Holiday come back from the finals because – Holiday just being another point guard there will be big. They only have one point guard on the roster. That I still don't understand that. Um, but then, like, Middleton and Booker will shoot the lights out, and Middleton gives you really good defense, so they'll be fine. But it doesn't change the fact that this roster was just terribly assembled. Yeah, there's only 12 guys on the whole roster that they have. It's a 12-man roster. And then they picked – like, it still, like, makes me laugh almost out loud when, like, you say Kelvin Johnson out loud because – to me, I would rather have like Derek Rowe, like just anybody. Just give me like, just give me another player who's like thirty-seven, like Carmelo Anthony. Where? How did Carmelo Anthony not get picked over Kelvin Johnson? And I know Carmelo did want to play because he was apparently frustrated about the whole Team USA snub. Even though it's not really a snub, he's old. But I mean, he's better than Kelvin Johnson if you want to pick. Like, could have picked him know, over Kevin Love at the. And picked him over Kevin Love. Yeah. I, I think Carmelo is better than Kevin Love. I mean, they're both kind of washed, but. Maybe I'm being biased, but I don't care. He's better than Kelvin Kelvin Johnson, too. Yeah, like, I can name about 30 point guards in the NBA better than Kelvin Johnson, I think. Like, give me DeJounte Murray. Give me anybody on the Spurs. Give me anybody else the Spurs? on the Spurs. Like, why does Greg Popovich get to say? He, yeah. He's the most overrated coach in history. I don't care what anybody says. Like, Kelvin Johnson, like, just because you coach him, that doesn't make him the best point guard in the league. He, he's, he's just not a great NBA player. And it, that's just the, 
the fact that I don't see why Greg Popovich gets to pick and choose these guys when he has no track record, track record as the head coach of Team USA. His winning percentage yeah. is actually 30 percentage, 30 percent lower than Coach K's when he was head coach of Team USA. They won like 95 percent of their games with Coach K. They're only winning like 60 with Popovich. He's done nothing to you know earn this title of like oh I can pick and choose Kelton Johnson to be on Team USA. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I can't wait for this guy to retire, and we don't have to keep hearing about how great he is getting carried by Tim Duncan. It's ridiculous. Here, yeah, Popovich is over. You know what else is also blasphemous is that why is it just his choice? Mm-hmm. This like it should be the direct and the director. I think I think Colangelo. Jerry Colangelo. Team. He's yeah, he he's is. awful. And then they make this excuse: all oh, the world is getting better. Give me a break. Look at this box that you can yeah. put together. This is a joke. This is disgraceful to send these guys to yeah. the Olympics. And listen, we maybe, have the, best maybe the world there. is getting better, but Nigeria, they're not a good basketball team. There was no excuse to lose to them. Maybe Spain and, and some of these other countries are getting better, but Nigeria certainly isn't. There was yeah, no but, reason to dude, lose I don't to know. I don't like the whole the, the world's getting better excuse because it's yeah, still same. too premature. It's still too premature. Maybe in like 50 years, that's a, a valid excuse. But right now, when Nigeria's best players like what Precious Achua, I mean, yeah. that's not even like a come on. Precious Achua is their best player, a rookie from last season. I mean, that is a joke, and he didn't even get that much minutes on the Miami Heat. I mean, Bam Adebayo is our is the starter on the Heat. Precious is behind him, and he and Precious is outplaying Bam in the in the, in the game. But Greg Popovich is overrated though, because mm-hmm. a lot of coaches you know have this overrated factor. It's because he played with David Robinson and Tim Duncan to win that 99 championship, that two Hall of Famers, the Twin Towers in 99. Yeah, you got Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, so many great role players along the way. And Tony they also Par- had yeah. But 03, Tony Parker, Manu, Tim Duncan, 05, same thing, 07, same thing, and then 2014, Kawhi added to the mix. This team's – he they've always had multiple Hall of Famers on the team. So, I mean, it's the same thing that happened to, like, Steve Kerr. It, coaches don't make the championship teams – in the NBA, especially. You want me what? to tell you the problem? What the, the problem players. I think is too? I think they need to change their guard because look at most of the guys that are on this team. It's mostly, you know, young guys. There's a couple guys that they have in their 30s, but they have a lot of guys in their 23s and 24s, uh, you know, that age group. And I think they need a younger coach to lead these group of men. You know, I don't. No, I don't know if that's a problem because a lot of people on Team USA respect Popovich, I think. No, I, mean, I Kevin completely Durant agree does. with Cass. I think they got to look at the college route again. Coach K was such a good coach because he's so used to having different guys in there every year, exactly. different one duns every year, True. different superstars every year. And I, I would look at a guy like Mark Few from Gonzaga. I mean, what he's done there has been tremendous. And he's, you know, he's kind of doing the same thing right now, just funneling in different players every year, managing different personalities and just winning games. You know, Popovich, for the better even, part of his career, was just what about by some, talented teams. And look, what about somebody like Tony Bennett? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, from, from I Virginia. Look, what, look what Popovich is doing now. Like, are you kidding me? They were like, a, they were what? 10th, 11th in the West. A playing team. Yeah. And they lost. They're, they're, they're not a good, they're not a good basketball team ever since all their hall of famers left. And, you know, I think, I think going the route of a very successful college coach is much safer for team USA. Yeah. yeah that's and why... they should be picking college players. Like you said, too. There is no reason why Evan Mobley is not on this roster right now. That was a really good point. And, you know, Team USC's in the past have actually picked college players to go there. Remember mm-hmm. Christian Leitner? Remember Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis? They usually picked a kid that was in college to come play with the team, and they did not do that this year. And you know what? There's probably guys that are going to the draft that are already better than some of these guys that are on this team. Mm-hmm. 100%. Evan Mobley, I think that's a very – like Evan Mobley should have been on Team USA over JaVale McGee. And it's not like they're not allowed to do it. Like if you're over 18, you can play. Other mm-hmm. countries have guys who are in college or not in college, but you know, they're 18, 19 year old kids. They have no choice because they don't have as many players. They have no choice. Yeah. 
that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just the whole thing about, I agree with Popovich. Popovich should not have as much power as he has right now. Why should he have power? I mean, the last couple of years, they've been at a 10th, 11th seed in San Antonio. But, the, and, but this is the thing, Ben. Team USA has always had college coaches in the past. Why all of a sudden is Popovich no, the coach? If I we agree. were going with that route and we had Coach K, we had Jim Beheim on the staff, we had Tom Izzo on the staff, I think, I believe, as well for a little bit. Why all of a sudden did we flip the script and say, we're going to take this NBA route now when we've been having – college coaches on the roster I, when we've been having a kid that from college come play up with the team when we've been having all of our superstars attend the olympics we don't have any of that anymore and that's yeah. a testament i think to the coaching staff and the director of team usa right now joey colangelo and i think they should be questioned for this but and maybe, you know the only way they would be is if they don't get gold if they don't get gold it's a big slap in the face and that's when i think something could change frank maybe do you think that the reason why popovich was, is now the coach is because in remember people forget this in 2004 the, the USA team lost three games, guys. The 04 Olympic team was horrible. And I believe Coach K was coaching that team. And I think that's when the guard actually switched, or maybe not, you know, after that, because I think 2016 the guard switched. Yeah, but we pop. won gold with Coach K. We never, you know. But like, Coach yeah, K I mean, lost in 04, though. He choked in 04. How about, how about in the 2000, what was it, 18, 2019 FIBA? The USA came in seven. Yeah, yeah they, they did. Seven. They didn't even win the bronze medal. And that, that was under Popovich. So you want to talk about failures, you know, Coach K, at least his worst season, at least they won bronze. And that was with a horrible team. You know, you look oh, at 2019. A horrible team, though. I mean, they had, like – They didn't they have – like they did not lot. have, like, Kobe wasn't on that team. Yeah, I know Kobe wasn't there. Shaq but... was on that team. Like, the, the top players at the time were not on that team, LeBron. Um, but you look at 2019. No, LeBron was. LeBron – he just didn't play because he was a rookie that year. He he did, he was on the bench. He rode the bench that season. Oh, okay. Well, there you four. go. Um, but, yeah, you look at 2019, like, they had players. Like, I know Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton were on it. And like the fact that you couldn't even get the bronze medal with like, like respectable all stars, yeah. like come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, so our next topic we got is the WNBA. Um, so pretty much NBA Two K uh, introduced the WNBA last season into their game in Two K Twenty One. You saw the features of the WNBA. You could play, you know, a my career with that WNBA. You could play the playoffs mode that they have. You can play my league, my GM, pretty much everything that you could do in the NBA, you can with the WNBA um, starting last season. And now this year, they're adding a new thing, which is the WNBA cover athlete. So they have three editions of the game, the standard, the standard edition, the one they've always had. That has Luka Doncic as the cover athlete. Then the legend edition, which is 100 bucks, which is the, the, the goal, what you get, like all the MT, you get the VC, whatever. You get you talk all the, about a the thing. And it's a ripoff, yeah. You get like the VC and whatever. That, that one has like $20 a month from now. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's a hundred dollars. The other one's $60. That one has Luca or that one has KD Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Dirk Nowitzki, the legends edition. And then now there's a WNBA one, which is same $60 and it has Candace Parker. And a lot of people seem to be really upset with Candace Parker having a slot on the, on the cover. But I mean, I don't understand what's wrong with it if it's not like it's the WNBA edition. This isn't the main cover of NBA 2K. This is another edition of it. There's no problem with it. I mean, it's not like they're having her instead of Luka Doncic on the cover of the main one. This is the WNBA cover. They did in like, I want to say 2016, where there were like three different covers and you guys had to pick one. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, they've done that. Yeah. They've done that every year. People shouldn't be worrying about who's on the cover. They should be worrying about the goddamn game. It sucks. Okay. How about that? They haven't produced a good game in five years. Haven't stopped worrying about your cover athletes and cover design and worry about fixing the goddamn game so it's functional. We're trying to play sports games that are actually like real life games and you can't make those. 
How about worry about the game? Who cares about the cover? You think as buyers we're not going to buy the game because Candace Parker's on the cover? No. Who can't? We don't care about that. And you know, good yeah. for them trying to promote the WNBA. Who cares? We care about the game itself, and it sucks. Yeah, it so does, fix the it game. Suck. It's true. Stop worrying about the cover design and cover. Well, NBA. We're going to buy the N- game regardless of the cover. It could be goddamn trash can, and we'd still buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the game should have. That's that should that should be the actual cover because it's bad. But the WNBA live or the NBA live, right? Like the game EA Sports is one. It's actually not that bad. And I know EA Sports, like it's like oh that they suck. They suck. They're trash. It's not that bad. Uh, NBA live though. They have the. But they the don't ESPN even make that anymore. Sports. I thought. I thought they like no, they, do, it, they brought it back in NBA Two K Twenty, just last year. And then they had it the last two seasons, but. I mean, the problem is we have the worst two developers as the sports games for NBA and NFL, EA and 2K Sports. Listen, Those are the worst even, two. You can't even compare the two, though, because you can at least play 2K and enjoy it. Like, Madden legitimately doesn't work. Like, <laughs> you can try to play certain game modes, and the game, like, legitimately doesn't work. It, like, 2K is at least fun. You know, you can have some fun. It gets frustrating. There's the 2K cheese that everybody deals with from time to time. You know, like the baseline cheese, the off-ball cheese. But Madden doesn't work. So to, to compare the two developers, I think, is ridiculous. And it's, it's offensive to 2K, honestly. They just yeah, Madden developers. Really Madden's so bad. Like, they had that whole cover reveal just to have two athletes that have already been, already on, been on it. Yeah, that was It's such crazy. a late – that was the most – like, dude, you can't even get the cover right. And the cover design was so lazy. That could have mm-hmm. took anyone five seconds to make that cover. I mean, yeah, everybody bro, they went Derrick Henry this year. They went to a football field. They took pictures, and uh, then they're like, "Okay, we're putting this on the cover now." Like, congrats! All they so- have is a beige box, and then it's like the the actual just picture in the middle slapped on the middle. It's it's so bad. It's like Madden oh. twenty two. It's terrible, but yeah, it should have been so- King Henry. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, but what other goat should have been on it then? Because there's two goats you in there. Why do you need a goat on it? Like what? Like. <laughs> Well, you need a goat. Didn't they have the goat edition like two years ago when Tom Brady was on it? Like yeah, they did. Bro, you know what they, original? These teams got to stop worrying about the gate. The teams got to stop worrying about the covers. Worry about the goddamn game itself. Mm-hmm. We don't well, care. No what's teams on the cover. are mad. What, what do you mean? What teams are mad? No, no teams are mad. No, like the developer oh, teams and stuff. Stop worrying oh, about okay. the goddamn cover. Worry about the game. The game sucks. They don't worry about either, in my opinion, though. I mean, the cover, they spend no time on the cover. The covers are yeah, lazy. And then they're, they're, then they're like, oh, these guys spend so much time, hours, like, in the in the room, like, trying to edit the game for you guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, Madden has the same announcers and commentators for the last five years. They have the same stupid glitch where the wide receiver goes like this, and the cornerback just, like, jumps into him. Like, the game just doesn't work. It's so <laughs> unrealistic. And the thing about oh, it man. is that, like – I see graphic designers who make like on like like whatever freelance graphic designers who make better covers of like two K yeah, than the yeah. actual like people do. I've seen a like, few TikToks where the guy like redoes the Madden covers and they're nicer than the cover that they just put out, and it probably takes them like half the time. Like, come on, bro. Let some like just let somebody like that design the game cover and don't have to worry about the cover. Just don't worry about it. How about you worry on you know. My, my the 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 green the green like in 2k if i shoot a green light it won't even go in sometimes i mean the off-ball cheese like graph said it's 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 unreal you should move the zigzag cheese back and forth the shoot a ball like it's it's ridiculous i mean and all they these badges are center, cheese. they also have like centers who didn't shoot when they were playing in the nba that can shoot threes and knock them down easily in 2k it's just not realistic whatsoever it's so stupid i understand it's a video game but video games should be as realistic as possible to the real life you know game and I understand there should be modes where it's not realistic because it's fun. You want to have fun. It's a video game. You do that. But the game itself should be realistic. 
especially like the animations that you get stuck in in Madden and 2K, those are the worst. Yeah, yeah. Madden is the most. It's it's all scripted. It's all like predetermined. It feels like it's just garbage. Just yep. a garbage game. Right, let's, let's talk about uh, the NFL now, though. Xavier Howard and the Dolphins yet are still yet to work out a deal, and he could be traded. He signed a five-year, seventy-five million dollar deal in twenty nineteen, making him the highest paid quarter. Now he's the sixth highest paid. I mean, dude, you just signed an extension. Like, what do you expect? Um, I've seen some rumor landing spots, mainly the Saints and Eagles. I've seen the Saints come up the most. Um, but I don't understand this. Like, bro, you just signed an extension. You should have thought about that before you signed this huge extension that you were want, wanted more money, I guess. And now you're going to hold out, even though you're literally in the middle of an extension. If I was the Dolphins, I'd be disappointed in him. And I think I'd want to trade him for being so greedy and selfish at this point. Like, come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lose-lose situation for the Dolphins because, you know, like they can try and trade him, but nothing they get back is going to like really help them, you know, like win now as, as they're trying to do they can get some draft compensation. That's great and all, but, and I don't really get what Xavier Howard's trying to do here. He's making 15 million a year already. He's really not far off from being the top paid corner. He was when he signed the extension and like, what does he want? 20 million year, 25 million year. It's like, at some point, like no team is going to offer that teams just don't have that much money, especially now that free agency is over. You know, like it, I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do here. I think it's a, a really, a really bad situation for everybody. Yeah, totally. Like, like you said, in 2019, when he signed the deal, he was the highest paid cornerback. And that was only two years ago. So, like, I don't, I, I like, I know, like, we, like, I know we're typically, like, athlete friendly and we understand the athletes, but I don't, I, I just simply cannot understand that because it's not like you were underpaid this entire time. Like, you were paid as the best cornerback in football in 2019. Obviously, as time goes on, like 2020, Jalen Ramsey then signed the deal that made him the highest paid. And now this year, I'm sure some guy will sign another deal that will make him the highest paid. That's just how it goes, though. And now when you're next to that's, – that's on you. If you really wanted to, you know, make the most money, then you should have signed a one- or two-year deal back in 2019. But you wanted to ensure long-term wealth, and you got it. You got $75 million. You got the long-term wealth you wanted. And this is kind of the, a part of the consequence with the long-term thing is that – when the, the cap goes up, you know, your contract kind of stays the same and you get haunted sometimes. I don't know how you, anyone could defend Xavier Howard in this situation. I just don't, I, I really couldn't get, I couldn't see it from the other side and he's completely wrong. Like you said, you know, he, he opted for the long-term health, uh, a wealth of the contract and, you know, playing God forbid he gets an injury that he signed for a long amount of time and not signing a one or two year deal or extension. And, you know, now he's complaining about it. Now you want more money. Like, bro, you just signed the extension play. I've never, we've never seen this before. It's coming to a point no where sense. these players just, it's just, it, they're over the top. They're over the top, man. It's, it's too much. So is there anywhere you guys would like to see him get traded to? I've seen the Saints as like the most rumored team. I've also seen the Eagles. The Saints don't have that much cap. The and Saints they already have cap space. Lattimore. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't get it. I don't get this. I've seen Cardinals a little bit. I, I don't know. And I've, I feel like I've seen every single team thrown in there at some point, but it's really hard He's a to great figure corner, out. But like, so what makes you think like it's kind of in the situation now? So he's gonna go play somewhere else on the five-year, seventy-five million-dollar deal, or are you gonna to have to trade for him and then extend him as well? Because at that point, I wouldn't even do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would take him on. Who's gonna want to do that? Sure. Who's gonna to want to give up picks to get a guy that you have to pay even more anyway? No, I mean maybe the Seahawks do. They already did it with Jamal Adams, so. And I don't think that worked out very well for them. So I think it him. Well, they have to what more hands. picks do they have to give up, or what more picks do they have that they can give up? 
Well, no, I'm just saying, like, for example, like the Seahawks did yeah. that, for example, with Jamal Adams, which, you know, and they have to sign him to a huge extension. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, if you're going to pay defensive players, it's all about the pass rush, mm-hmm. um, you know, and having a good pass rush helps you have worse guys in the back end. You know, you could have worse guys in the back end because you're getting, you know, getting pressure quickly. And I understand, like, Xavier Howard is probably a top four, top five corner, you know, top three. So I, I get it. But you sign that extension. You set the marker for yourself in free agency. Like Ben said, you opted for the long-term well. And now you're complaining two years into the deal that you want more money. Come on, man. Come on. It makes no sense. All right. Let's talk about the goat now, Tom Brady. They're saying he played on a torn MCL this whole year. Um, he had a great season. They won the Super Bowl, obviously. So, but obviously this could be considered a problem because the NFL specifies that you're supposed to report if a player has an injury, even if they're a full participant in practice. And even if you're a hundred percent certain they're going to play, and they're especially adamant about this for key players. And obviously Tom Brady's a very key player for the Buccaneers. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Will the NFL punish the Bucs? Will Roger Goodell suspend Tom Brady? I think that would be the funniest thing ever because that just means Super Bowl number eight is on the way. I would, I dare Roger Goodell to suspend Tom Brady. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a great way to put it. That was a great intro. But, um, yeah, I mean, I – I I don't I don't even know I honestly don't know if I believe this is true because you know actually no I do believe this is true because Tom Brady's the type of person to just rub it in Goodell's face and be like yeah I'm breaking the rules I don't care you know find me it's gonna be a legendary story in my career my you know people will think this is just like one of those like MJ stories that people tell about like how you know he had like that mentality this is one of those stories that goes down as like an all-time story about how Tom Brady was so great and like, this would be the type of thing he would do kind of like to rub it in Goodell's face and be like, you know, punish me more, one more time. I'll win Super Bowl number eight. This, this is just great. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to read this here quickly. The problem, like we said, is the Buccaneers uh, for the Buccaneers is that if Brady played the entire season with an MCL tear, then he should have been listed on the team's injury report. Like I said, and, and then this is from the league's handbook. All play, all players who have reportable injuries must be listed on the practice report. Even if the player takes all reps in practice, and mm-hmm. even if his team is certain that he will play in the upcoming game, this is especially true for key players. The italicized portion of the above quote literally underlined in the league's operations manual that the fact that also mentions that all key players should be on the report is something that will make this difficult for the Buccaneers to argue their way out. If a team violates the NFL's policy on reporting injuries, the commissioner has the power to hand down multiple punishments, including the suspension of anyone involved. A violation of the policy may result in commissioner discipline, which may include a fine on the involved club, fines or suspension of the involved individuals, as well as possible forfeiture of draft choices by the involved club, the league rulebook states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right, so I can... personally think that the NFL will come down hard because it's Tom Brady, like you said. I could see maybe like a one or two game suspension, forfeit of a draft pick, and probably a couple hundred thousand dollar fine. See, honestly, though, I disagree. I think I, I'd hope that Roger Goodell isn't dumb enough to suspend Tom Brady because the last time was such a joke. It shouldn't have happened. It was it was honestly disgraceful the way they handled that. And like, I just refuse to believe, especially now, I feel like Tom Brady has almost elevated his status in the sports world. So like, why would you suspend and like, like once again, you know, like deface like the face of the NFL? Like, I don't care what anybody says. He is still the guy. And he's really only elevated that this year. And it, it would just make Roger Goodell look like more of an idiot like he just he can't win like he could suspend Tom Brady all he wants Tom Brady owns Roger Goodell he's like it's it just it's so stupid that he has to, they can find them all they want they can they can take away some draft picks but suspending Tom Brady just makes the NFL look stupid yeah but don't you think they have to like kind of go down hard on him because if you know they're not gonna 
punish him, then it no, because I'm sure this happens with every team in the NFL, and I think I, I think it would I think it'd be very funny if they suspended him because it would just motivate him so much. I know, but it's the accountability, like accountability, like if Goodell doesn't suspend Brady for it, then let's just say, for example, Big Ben plays this year and he comes out at the end of the year and said, "I was playing with a partially torn rotator cuff." Then what are you not going to do? You're not going to punish the Steelers? Think about, like, think about the NBA. Think about the NBA. Would they suspend LeBron when he broke COVID protocols? Would they suspend him? No. You just don't suspend no. these guys. You just, like It's the players' league. They're the ones playing. You just don't suspend them for things like this. It's not like he yeah. killed somebody. Like He, he played <laughs> with an injury in football. Like If you're really going to suspend him over that, then that is a nitpicky rule. It is really stupid, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a rule. Yeah, and people – like play with injury all the time. Like people, like, I mean, apparently yeah, back in the exactly. 2000s, people took Adderall and like all these like drugs or not, I mean, not Adderall, but wait, is that Adderall like the pain killing drug that like kills the pain? I think that's like the one that makes you like smarter, or, like to like think faster. No, that but, just makes you think faster. Yeah, what's the one that like a lot of pain killing drugs? Somebody took that. But a lot of people take like these like really like, like painkiller drugs like to help you like, you know, not feel an injury. So people play hurt all the time. Well, I mean, yeah, but it was like, just the fact that he didn't list it on. They yeah. it was not listed. Like it should. It they should. They're basically saying that every week on the injury report, it should have said, "Full participant Tom Brady knee," or when he was limited in practice, Tom Brady knee. It yeah, needs but to my be point is that like and I'm sure so many players have that. Oh, 100 percent. But why would they come out and say that they did it then? He shouldn't have said that he came out and got surgery on it. Well, it wasn't sure it was leaked yeah. or something. Yeah, well, it was yeah. leaked. Well, I don't think he just came out and said like I was playing on a torn MCL. But maybe Tom just wants to get suspended again. I mean, who knows? But I, I think he does, honestly. The bottom line is I dare <laughs> Roger Goodell to suspend him. I dare him to make a fool of himself again because I would absolutely love that. I think a draft pick is right, though. I don't think they will suspend him probably, but they'll find him a draft uh, – the Bucks a draft pick. Like, the, I think they're going to hurt the Bucks, not Brady this time. Because Goodell knows, man. Last time he suspended him, look yeah. how that worked out for him. He was like a total clown, a total idiot. Do it again, yeah. please. Yeah. All right, that's going to be it. For the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode 54, July 19, 2021. Um, make sure to follow our socials, our TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, as well as our YouTube. Subscribe down below. Click that red button, please. Um, as well as if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate or review. Um, and yeah, that's going to be it for us. We appreciate it from me, Nick, and Frank. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.